This is Crypto Radio, powered by MoneyWeb, where we discuss all things crypto-related. Your host, Kieran Ryan. Farzam Asani is co-founder of Valor, one of the largest exchanges in South Africa in terms of the number of cryptocurrencies that you can purchase, and that's more than 50 of them. And if I'm not mistaken, also by volume, although I guess that changes on a week-by-week basis or a month-by-month basis. Farzam, first of all, welcome. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me. Good. If you cast your mind back a year, would you have predicted a more than 300 rise in the price of Bitcoin? You know, we've all been expecting this, but when it happens, you're taken off guard. You know, the the rise has been very quick in a very short period of time. But you've got to remember that um, I was uh, previously the blockchain lead at uh, RMB in the first RAND group. And um, I left there when the price had hit the $20,000 mark and was on its way down. And we started building Valor uh, while it was all the way down to at $3,000. And in fact, we actually launched Valor in uh, December 2018, which was the lowest point of the Bitcoin price in this cycle. And so a lot of people were thinking, oh, what are you guys doing? You know, this thing is down and out. And we had every confidence to say, actually, this is a wonderful place to start because we're starting at the bottom. You can build up. You can make sure all the systems are working very well. And so it's obviously climbed from 3,000 now to hit over 42,000. And now we're back down in, in, in the lower 30s with a little bit of a correction. But this change has happened over the last month or so. So we're looking at about a 300% rise in the past year in the price of Bitcoin. And there are other cryptocurrencies that have actually done even better than that. Right. So it's happened quickly. Um, It was expected, but when it happens, you're always taken off guard because you don't know exactly when it's going to happen. And we're seeing a similar pattern that's happened in 2011. It happened again in 2013, 14. It happened again in 2017, 18. And we're seeing the same thing now in 2020, 21. When did you start buying Bitcoin? I think I bought my first portion of a Bitcoin back in 2015, if I'm not mistaken. You remember the price? In dollar, well, I think in Rand terms, it was about 6,000 Rand at the time. Yeah. I didn't buy much. So I wish I had bought more. But, yeah. uh, and of course, the, the RAND price of Bitcoin at the moment is about 550000 right? It's close to that, yeah. yeah. I'm just shy of that right now, yeah. And the previous peak that we had uh, was just over 300000 That was in 2017. At the end of 2017. So, I mean, to, you know, to talk about a 300% rise in, a, in an asset class is, is quite something. When people who are chasing the stock market might be looking for 20% and they'd be happy with that. But of course, with that comes volatility. Maybe just explain from your perspective, uh, how was the year? for you for valor was it your best ever year or was it a great year bad year what was it so (laughs) it's a great question it was our first full year (laughs) so because we're a pretty young uh, company we we launched uh we started the company in mid 2018 and then we launched our first uh bitcoin to ran trading pair uh in july or june of 2019 so we've been trading for about uh, one and a half years now but we have seen the volumes explode. We've seen customer numbers explode. Um, we are currently around 100,000 customers that we serve. Um, and, um, you know, every day we are trading, you know, hundreds of millions of rands worth of, uh, of Bitcoin. So it's been a fantastic run. We've been very proud. I've been very proud of the team because we've, we've built a solid product and security is of critical importance, as you can imagine, in this, in this sphere. So we've got uh, some of the best cybersecurity experts on the team. We use external experts as well, uh, firms, to, to, to really make sure that it's robust. 
And um, we're very excited about what's happening in society as well. There are a number of trends, if I can go into that, that, that we're seeing. 2017, 2018 was a retail story. That was when you were talking about it, I was talking about it, we were talking about it with our families over the dinner table. There weren't really any institutions or corporates that were buying into this. And then we had the big correction down to $3,000. And the recent rise is very much driven because there's been a new wave of entrance into the cryptocurrency space, which is the institutions. And so we have companies like MicroStrategy that have you know, bought to the tune of 1.3 billion US dollars. They're a NASDAQ-listed company. They have taken the dollars that they had and converted it into Bitcoin for the sole reason that they believe that Bitcoin will hold its value better than the US dollar. Now, that is a huge statement to make for an institution that's listed, that's public. These are not some Mickey Mouse people. This is a listed company, right? Square, another company, Jack Dorsey, the, the CEO of Twitter, his other payments company, they put in $50 million into Bitcoin. We see hedge funds coming into this, the likes of Paul Tudor Jones, who is one of the you know, greatest macro uh, hedge fund investors of the past few decades, said he's put in 1% to 2% of his funds into Bitcoin. So... We see this, and then we also see the banks, the likes of J.P. Morgan, who in 2017, <laughs> uh, Jamie Dimon, who was the CEO, who is, still is the CEO, said that anybody trades in this stuff is stupid, and that if any of his traders were caught trading Bitcoin, they would be fired. These are his words. And didn't he also call it a fraud? He called it a fraud and much more. And yeah. meanwhile, by the way, at the exact time he was speaking, JP Morgan was talking about cryptocurrencies on the conference on the other side of the country, but that's a separate story. Right. But now JP Morgan has come out with their own prediction that the price is not just going to remain at 42,000 or crash. They have said it's going to go up to 146,000. That's their price target. By, by which period? Have they given a time period? They said, I think, in the, in the short term. I'll have to double check, but it's in, within the, I think, medium term, short to medium term. Right. So we're not talking about decades. So, um, so that's you know, more than three times yeah. we, we where have, it is now. We have Citigroup, or Citibank. They have an, an analyst that has come out to say that the, by the end of 2021, December 2021, which is their timeline, they said that the price will hit $318,000. Was that not Bank of America? No, that was Citibank. Citibank. Yeah, okay. Citibank. And then Guggenheim, uh, you know, another financial services company have come up to say that uh, their price target, and I don't know exactly what their time frame, but they've come out to say that this is their chief investment officer has said 400,000 US dollars. So we're gone from a time where people are calling us stupid <laughs> right. to saying that it's an undervalued asset class. Right? So people buying in, it, it's not $42,000 at the moment. Not it's right around 30000 34000 uh, Yeah, it's in the low 30s right now. Yeah. So based on what you're saying, this could be the cheapest you're going to see in a while. It's very difficult to tell. And there's going to be a lot of volatility. And so would it, if, it, if it draws back down quite significantly, I still wouldn't be surprised. But it still wouldn't be a case against what we're saying over the long term. Mm. You know, when we think about the valuation of crypto, a critical mark was reached last Thursday, which the entire crypto asset class hit $1 trillion US dollars worth of, of value. All right. This is not $1 million or a $1 billion, we're talking about $1 trillion, over 15 trillion rand. Right? It's pulled back a little bit, about 15 to 20% since then. Actually, altogether, I think 10% on, 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 the, on the overall market cap of all cryptos. But the reason I bring that up is that one has to think about, well, what is this? Is it's, it's gone from, in early 2017, I did a presentation for the bank. And I said, we've got to get into this. This is, a, this is valued currently at $12 billion. 
dollars, and it's going to grow significantly. And we're now not talking about, as I said a few days ago, one trillion. But it's not going to stay there, right? So either the people that are the skeptics are right, and it's going to go to zero, which I don't share that view, or it's going to get much larger. It's improbable that it's going to stay where it is. And one way to think about the valuation of Bitcoin itself, and Bitcoin itself is currently about $650 billion, uh, is Bitcoin is... That, being, that's the market cap. That's the market cap, mm. right? So if you take all the Bitcoins in the world and you multiply it by, by the price, that's how much you get. One way to look at it is that people are talking about this as digital gold. And if you think about gold as an asset class, it's worth 10 to 12 trillion US dollars. So we're talking about 15 to 20 times the value of Bitcoin right now is in gold. And if you look at anything, and I would say gold is the analog version of Bitcoin, and Bitcoin is a digital version of gold. Anything that has been successful in becoming digital and taking over the analog version has never just replaced it. It has replaced it at multiples of its size and value. If you take telecommunications, publishing, music, you name it, right? Communication, right? So if you just said Bitcoins would be worth what gold is worth, we are talking at a price, my last calculation was about 580,000 US dollars. So we're talking about 8 million rand per Bitcoin. But this is not going to be, if we're right, it's not going to be a straight line there. You know, people are going to say, gosh, I'm going to profit take. This is no way it can keep going higher. Mm. And it's going to crash down because people are selling, et cetera. So there's going to be a lot of volatility. There are no cash flows to discount as in tra traditional finance. There are no revenue multiples, profit multiples, EBITDA multiples. There are no comparables. This is completely separate and new. So really the market forces are going to dictate what the price is. From a supply side, there is a finite supply. And on the demand side, We've barely begun. Right. Let's talk about Valor for a moment. You've got more than 50 cryptocurrencies, which is the, the largest number of cryptos available on any exchange in South Africa. I imagine Bitcoin is by far the most popular, but give us a sense of what people are buying. How much of that, of the buying that happens on Valor is Bitcoin? How much is Ethereum? How much is Litecoin? You got a sense of that? Definitely. So uh, Bitcoin RAN trading is by far the largest. So we're talking about over 90 percent of what we see on the platform is just Bitcoin. Ethereum is the next largest, and then after that is XRP, and then we've got a whole tail of, of other ones. And if you actually look at what Ethereum has done over the past year, Ethereum has actually been up, gone up 550 percent. So mm. it's much nearly double that of Bitcoin. And this is actually after about a 25 percent correction. Are you talking there in RAND terms? This is RAND terms. Okay. And it's a very good question. Yeah. So we're looking, because we're a RAND exchange, we look at the price in RAND and see how it's done over time. I, I think that just slow down there a second yeah, so sure, people can sure, digest sure. that. So <laughs> Ethereum on your exchange went up 550% last year. Yeah. I, I started looking at it when it was um, in dollars, it was 580. And that was only two months ago. Uh, yeah, and it's and then it went up to $1,350. So it, it more than doubled. Yes. It has come down a little bit there, but it's still double what it was two months ago. 100%. So uh, the, if, I, if I'm looking at like, you know, the low this year was $1,700 on the exchange. Uh, sorry, 1,700 rand on our exchange. It hit an all-time high of 22,000 rand. And right now it's trading at about 16,600 rand on the so, exchange. So if you caught that cycle perfectly, it was yeah. 20x. 
Yeah, exactly. More yeah. than 20x. In rand terms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. About, 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 well, between 10 to 20x, exactly. I mean, people are getting a bit excited about Ethereum now because, first of all, the price at where it is right now is where Bitcoin was just three years ago. Sorry. That, not exactly three years ago, a little bit longer, but not much longer than three yeah, years Yeah, I mean, it, it was in 2017, for sure. Right? At the beginning of 2017, that's when we headed into the $1,000 marks for Bitcoin. Right, but as to your point, we also hit one thousand four hundred odd dollars in Ethereum, and so it's a little bit difficult to compare the two from the perspective that they they do quite different things. So Bitcoin is really being touted as a digital gold, whereas Ethereum is being seen as a as a platform where you can build a whole bunch of what's called decentralized finance contracts, programmable money. These things can be done to a certain extent on Bitcoin, but we're seeing it much more on the Ethereum platform. And there are other platforms that this is happening on. So I think it's still very early to say, oh, X crypto or that crypto is going to be by far the biggest. Bitcoin still is more than two thirds of the value of all cryptocurrencies in total. But we're still so early. It's only 12 years in since this even existed, let alone since people heard about it. What are some of the trends we should watch out for in 2021? Where do you think cryptos are going to go this year? Will, will we end the year you know, with smiles on our faces like we did in, <laughs> in 2020? So it's very difficult to give price predictions on the short term, which is you know, on a year basis. I certainly subscribe to the fact that it's going to be multiples of what it is right now from a price perspective in the next few years, right? within the next five to 10 years. But I think what's more interesting is the trends, as you're saying. You know, there is no doubt that right now, as we speak, there are institutions, there are corporates that are buying Bitcoin without telling the market about it. Because what we see is they buy it and then they tell the market about it. Because once they tell the market about it, there's typically an uptick in the price. So they don't want to cause the, the price to go up and make it more expensive than for them to buy. So they buy first and then they announce to the market. We've seen that happen several times over the last few months. And I don't believe that there is a single financial institution that is worth their salt that is not considering Bitcoin and how to actually bring this to their customers. So uh, you've reported about it, you know, PayPal, 300 million of their customers have now got access to, to crypto in a very seamless fashion. I have been having discussions with banks, you know, about their ability to, to offer this to their customers here in South Africa. And what's the response? There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of excitement. You know, so um, it's still early days. And I think there's still the thing with corporates and institutions, you have to go through a lot of committees and governance committees and you have to convince a lot of people. That is happening. And I think we're at the stage now, Kieran, where before it was risky to enter crypto because nobody else was doing it and you were a pioneer. It's coming to the stage where it's risky not to enter crypto because everybody else is doing it and they better have had good reasons to do it. And this is all against the backdrop of the traditional financial system, Kieran. So another way to say that Bitcoin has gone up this much is to say in the last 12 years, since it's ex actually in the last 10 years, since uh, Bitcoin hit the price of $1 per Bitcoin, the US dollar has lost 99.9975% of its value against Bitcoin. Over what period of time is that? Over the past decade, 10 years. That is astonishing. 99.9975% of its value, the dollar has lost against Bitcoin, right? So if you had a dollar then, if you could go back in time and you decide to hold a dollar or hold a Bitcoin, obviously you would hold a Bitcoin. And that trend, I think over time will continue. There will be volatility, don't get me wrong. And I always say, and for the listeners, 
Don't put in your school fees or your healthcare money or your daily expenses because the price could go up and down either way within the next few days, months. But if you've got some disposable income that you're happy to kind of part with for the short to medium term, then you're a little bit silly not to start playing around. And again, you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. On Valor, you can buy you know, 10 rands worth of Bitcoin. So instead of buying a loaf of bread, you can buy some Bitcoin and see what it does. Okay, let's talk about Valor itself. How do you get more and more people in, into this market in the way that you said, you know, own 500 rands worth of Bitcoin and, uh, you know, start watching it and seeing what happens to the price? Do you think that we're making a breakthrough? I say we. Uh, I'm, I'm talking you're, about the… You're part of us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the crypto exchanges. Are they yeah. making a breakthrough in getting this message through to people? It's, it's, you've just said, you know, it, it could become risky not to have. Correct. Some cryptos. Yeah, we are making a breakthrough, and there is absolutely no doubt about that. So, to put it this way, during COVID, companies were laying off staff, they were cutting people's salaries, etc. We were grateful enough to be able to double our staff complement and to give our staff increases in salary as well. Right? It makes me incredibly proud to be able to do that, just from a societal perspective. You know, to to give people the means of living, and this is off the bank of our of our, of our customers, the back of our customers as well. So there's been a great growth in, in Valor. The rate of growth is tremendous. I mean, there is no bank in South Africa that's experiencing the level of growth that we are experiencing right now with our growth in customers and volume. And around the world, you're starting to see, you know, a couple of years ago, we used to see like $50 billion traded in a 24-hour period across the crypto exchanges. Now it's consistently above $200 billion, you know, a 4x uh, increase. Valor, we've seen, uh, you know, as you've reported about this, much more than a 5x increase in our volumes now, you know. There is definitely a lot of growth. The way we've been able to do it at Valor is very interesting, which is we actually haven't spent anything on marketing. Right? We have a very solid referral reward program. So if you share your referral reward with friends, then you can get a commission on their trades, right? And on top of that, we also have something called a maker reward, which is if you bring liquidity to our platform and you can be an individual or institution, you can be anybody on our platform that's, that's, that's uh, eligible for this. And if you place an order that people can see and then trade against and you're bringing liquidity, your fees are negative. So we will pay you 0.1% of the trade value. Hmm. Now, that is something that's been, it's completely new in South Africa and most of the world. It's not being done in, in, in South Africa. We were really the pioneers here. And we've had feedback from customers that it's just wonderful. Like they, they trade and they get more back. And it's such a stark contrast to the traditional financial system where you feel like you're getting charged at every turn. Right. You know, so yeah, I don't even go there because we'll <laughs> the tempers are right rising. But, yeah, but I mean, know. that would be very interesting for people, particularly you know who are arbitraging, where every fraction of a percent is important. Exactly. Talk for a minute about staking, and maybe just explain what staking is for people who haven't come across this sure. earning of interest on your crypto. Right. Sure. So I think to understand staking, one needs to take a step back and understand how do how do cryptocurrencies work in general. Cryptocurrency like Bitcoin works on something called proof of work. And what that means is the security of the platform, uh, the way that new Bitcoins are minted into existence. It comes from a very intensive computer process, which is why you hear the stories about uh, Bitcoin being very energy intensive. And they need to prove that they are working, you know, and, and doing all of this, using all this computing power to 
earn the right to add the next batch of transactions to the Bitcoin blockchain uh, or earn the right to actually earn what's called a mining fee. We won't go into that because it's a subject for another podcast altogether. But that's what's called proof of work, which is you're proving that you're working to secure the network. Proof of stake is where you're not proving that you're working to, to, to support the network, but you're proving that you've got a stake in it, that you've got, you know, you've got skin in the game. And so if you've got a lot of value in the network, then you're very unlikely to do anything that will work against the network because you're working against yourself, all right? So think about it like this. You've got a vested interest in a company. You've got some, you know, uh, big shareholding in a company. Are you going to do something to sabotage that company? Probably not because then you're just sabotaging the value of your own shares. So staking is similar. I'm giving a, you know, a, a kind of a very broad kind of similarity here. But the way that a lot of these networks work, like Ethereum is, is moving towards this, is to say, if you've got Ethereum, lock it up, stake it, you'll earn some rewards for that. And you'll also be able to secure the network and contribute to its longevity and its, uh, and its functioning. So that's what, what staking is. And it's something that's becoming quite big uh, across Bitcoin networks where you can earn, for lack of a better word, interest on the funds that you put up to secure a network. Right. And is Vala introducing staking anytime soon? We are certainly thinking about it. Yeah, it's, it's a topic of conversation. And I think there's no doubt that in the future we'll have to do that, actually. Right, yeah, because I think yeah. Luno has it, Altcoin Trader has it at the moment. You can earn about 4% on your Bitcoin. Yeah, so they're not staking it. Let's, let's just be clear. So what they're actually doing is lending your crypto out. Okay. And uh, you can earn that, but please read those T's and C's because if something happens to lending it out, then you are at the loss. Right, your your funds are not guaranteed by those platforms. Okay, so there's so a difference you, there between the staking and lending out and earning interest on it. Correct. And so, Through so lending. they're not staking; they're actually lending out uh, to different platforms to 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 provide that interest. Okay, yeah. well, what else can we expect from Valor this coming year? There's a lot. So um, we want to keep building new products and services, obviously, for our customers. And our customers are both retail customers and institutional customers. So we're going to be bringing out a bunch of new features for the institutional space as well. So um, you're going to be able to have a lot of account functionality, uh, different kind of uh, accounts for different trading strategies. Um, we're, we're very excited to, and I'm not going to announce it yet, Kieran, I'll come back on the show, but there's a there's a product that we're going to announce that is going to be uh, really wonderful for the entire country, um, whether you like crypto or not. Oh, yeah. So let me put it that way. Is it going to blow our minds? It's, I hope so. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, I certainly hope so. so. So what we try to do is not try to promise too much. We actually try to just build and then and then announce it. Um, but from a, from a, I think from, from a principled perspective, we want to continue growing, continue giving products and services. We're also going to be looking into new territories as well outside of South Africa um, to bring our, our products and services. And we're really actively looking for partnerships as well. We've already started discussions with a lot of the large players in the South African market. So if anybody's listening to this podcast and you want to get in touch, please do so. We, we are very much about supporting the traditional financial system as well, getting into this space. Like, like the banks, um, that kind of thing? The banks, uh, we're also looking at merchant services. So if you want to accept Bitcoin as a payment, but, but you don't want to take the risk of that, you can act, we can help you actually accept Bitcoin as a payment, but you'll just get paid rand, but the customer has been able to pay Bitcoin and we'll do all the ch exchanges in the back end. 
Are there any risks here in, on the horizon? I'm talking about for cryptos generally. I'm, I'm thinking about some of the regulatory risks, um, maybe some of the pricing risks. Just talk about that for a minute. There are always risks. And because crypto is such a new asset class, uh, there are a number of risks that I would talk about. Number one is the, the, what we call market risk, which is the price risk. It's going to go up and down, and that's not going to change anytime soon. So if you're looking for stability, this is not the asset class for you at the moment. The second thing is regulatory risk. So uh, we know that the regulators in South Africa and abroad are looking at how to bring this into the regulatory paradigm and into the regulatory framework. We've made a lot of great progress in South Africa for that. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily a risk, but um, I think what the regulators are doing is trying to clamp down on a lot of the scams that exist in the space, which is a wonderful and a welcome thing. I think the risk of regulators saying this is going to be banned, etc. I, th- I think we've been there and done that. China did that and then they reversed their decision. Russia did that, they reversed their decision. So we're in a new paradigm. So those are some of the risks. And then obviously, we're still early in the time of get to know who you're putting your crypto with because you've heard about hacks and breaches of platforms. And, and there is no platform that can say that they're immune to this. Like you really need to be humble and pay full attention to this. So we spend a lot of money and resources on this. So there's no guarantees on any platform in the world. So make sure though, that you're putting your money and your crypto with a reputable platform or you're holding it in your own, what they call a hardware wallet. But there are too many players that are still fly-by-night operators. You want to steer clear of those. Of course, we've seen some astonishing scams in South Africa just unfolding in the last uh, couple of weeks, right? Absolutely. Uh, MTI and Finalmente, and I think there's more coming. Why is South Africa such a haven for for this kind of thing? (laughs) Have you any idea why that is? It's a good question. You know, somebody uh, said South Africa has become the Nigeria of crypto of scams. Crypto scams. <laughs> it's a good point. I never thought about that. I think South Africans are generally very entrepreneurial. And the downside of that is that if you get some rotten apples that take that entrepreneurial flair, then they can really do people in. And so, you know, you mentioned a couple of the schemes that are currently under investigation by the, the FSCA. Uh, these schemes, as you know, the CEO has disappeared from existence. We're talking about, you know, huge amounts of money, billions of rands, right? So again, I think this is another risk, which is a lack of education of the populace, right? Regardless of whether it's crypto or FX trading or stocks or whatever it may be, you know, some type of scheme, if anybody is promising you huge returns per day or per month that are guaranteed, trust me, everybody would be in it if that were the case. You see, they're a little bit more clever than that because think about this. I mean, MTI was offering up to... 10% 10% per month. Yeah. Now, if you invested Bitcoin yourself and held it in your own wallet, you would have made more than 300%. You would have done far better absolutely. to own your own Bitcoin or uh, Ethereum uh, or uh, whatever it was. 100%. That's yeah. the, the tragedy yeah. of this. I think that's the thing that people don't understand the, the asset class and what it stands for and what the potential is, but they get hooked on those you know, quick wins and they get rich quickly. Honestly, you're not going to get rich quickly. Uh, you know, by following these schemes. Um, so if there's anything that's too good to be true, it generally is. So wherever there is a huge reward, there is huge risk. That's not just with crypto, that's with any asset class. So just educate yourself. And it's, it's difficult to do so, but don't just, you know, see if we, we see this a lot. Uh, someone sees a Facebook commercial and is promising some huge returns. They click sign up and then they send, you know, their life savings there. Don't do that. <laughs> Google it. Like there's a lot on Google, you know. So so just do your research.
Are you finding that people who were previously skeptical about cryptos are now jumping in boots and all? I mean, you said that the we've already discussed the level of acceptance amongst institutions. Yeah. But on the downside, you do have these scams which tend to taint everything associated with crypto. So there is a lot of education that's still got to be done. There is. I think it's important to say that the scams happen across all asset classes. We're just used to it happening in, you know, FX or, you know, a a car on some online platform that someone's tried to sold you and they've got your money in your deposit, but there is no car. You know, those things happen. They don't hit the headlines just because it's been there for a long time. Crypto scam is a new thing, and and because it's digital, it can actually scale, unfortunately, from that perspective. I think the people that were skeptics, many of them are saying, wait a minute, what have I missed? Because, you know, and a lot of people say, oh, this is the tulip mania. You know, like, you know, several hundred years ago, tulips went up in price and then they crashed. This is a tulip bubble. I urge anybody that uses that argument to find out how many tulip bubbles there were, because there was only one, right? What we're seeing right now is cycles and volatility. But there's a trend that's happening here, right? And there's a utility. I can take my phone right now. I can send value to anyone in the world. It will arrive there within seconds, depending on which crypto I'm using. And it will cost me and them a fraction of a dollar in total. And it won't touch a financial institution to get there. That's revolutionary. It's not just some hype. Like when you think about it, that is revolutionary. So a lot of the people that are skeptical are coming around. They're still skeptics, obviously. There's a lot that's happening to bring people into the space, but still being very careful, of course. All right, final question to those wanting to make a start in yeah. cryptos. What would you advise? How do they make a, you know, their first move? So we welcome you on to valor.com, V-A-L-R.com. Again, I'll reiterate, don't put in more than you're willing to lose at the beginning because while you understand it, But don't put in so little that you don't care if it goes from 10 Rand to 20 Rand, for example, right? So put enough that's going to make you pay attention, but not so much that you're going to worry about losing it all. Uh, Again, I'm not a financial advisor. This is just my personal thoughts. And start small. And as you see the movement, start researching and trying to understand what's going on before you make any other, uh, you know, bigger amounts that you're putting into it. At Valor, you can buy as little as 10 Rand per purchase. So you're going to have 0. 0.000 whatever it is, Bitcoin, but you can start with as little as 10 Rand, less than a loaf of bread. And so it's really, you know, we have someone on the platform that does a scheduled payment for 5 Rand every single day. Oh, wow. And he buys Bitcoin with the 5 Rand that he sends every single day. Right. Right. So um, it's something that it's accessible more and more. But again, be careful because if you've got school fees to pay, if you've got all of those necessary expenses... You do not want to be putting it in a very volatile asset because it could go down by 20, 30% tomorrow, and that's where your payment is due. So please be wise uh, about how you approach this. All right. But the main thing is sign up, make a start. Sign up. It's, and... By the way, it's free to sign up. There are no monthly fees. It costs you nothing except for when you make a trade. And when you make a trade, it's a fraction of what the banks will charge you for any transaction they do. So it's, it's really revolutionary. And in fact, some trades, we pay you. So sign up, check it out. You've got nothing to lose. Okay, Fazam Asani, let's leave it at that. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. And uh, stay in touch. There's going to be a lot happening this year. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Kieran.